Welcome, everybody. Everybody doing good? All right. Nehemiah, chapter 9. Nehemiah gets the people together. And it says, they stood up in their place and read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for one-fourth of the day. That's a pretty long service. And for another fourth, they confessed and worshiped the Lord their God. So they, uh, they read for a fourth, they confessed for a fourth, and then they spent time worshiping. In Philemon, it's just a little book with one chapter, the sixth verse says, that the sharing of your faith may become effective or effectual or like supercharged by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. So we're going to be ministering to the sick tonight, but before we do that, I want to share just a few thoughts and uh, maybe have us confess. We won't confess for a fourth of the day, but we'll do a little confessing if that's all right. I want to begin in Luke chapter 13 in verse 10. Now he, Jesus, was in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years, was bent over, and could in no way raise herself up. So if, if a medical doctor had been there and taken the time to examine her, uh, do x-rays, they may have said that she had a certain sort of problem with her spine. And medically speaking, they would be correct. But the root cause behind that problem, in this case, the Bible says was a spirit of infirmity. It was a demon spirit. And she was bent over. And she's been this way for 18 years. Can in no way raise herself up. When Jesus saw her, he called her to himself and said, Woman, you are loosed of your infirmity. He laid his hands on her. And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath and said to the crowd, There are six days in which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed in them and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, hypocrite. How many know Jesus was not really, he never took that, that course on winning friends and influencing people. <laughs> hypocrite. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead it away to water? Now listen, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. And when he had said these things, all the adversaries were put to shame, and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. He said, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years, be loosed. So Jesus is saying she ought to be loosed. Now, the reason that she ought to be loosed is because she is a daughter of Abraham. Now, the Bible tells us in Galatians 3, in verse 29, if you be Christ, how many you are? Then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to to the promise. So if she ought to be loosed because she's a daughter of Abraham, 
then you ought to be loosed. Just as sure. Right? So the reason she ought to be loosed is she's the seed of Abraham. You likewise are the same. You're an heir according to the promise, according to the blessing. Now, notice that Jesus said, whom Satan has bound for 18 years. I know a lot of people really believe that God is the author of sickness, but he's not. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Now, the, 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 the Bible says that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. So what that means is this. The devil will tell you that you do not deserve to be healed. You ought not be healed because of what you've done, because of what you've thought, because of things you haven't done. He'll tell you you ought not be healed. But Jesus said you ought to be healed. Be not because of what you have done. No, you're, you ought to be healed because of what Jesus has done. That's why you ought to be healed. Right? You're Abraham's seed and heirs according to that promise. So I think we ought to make a confession that you ought to be healed. So why don't you repeat this confession with me? It's my right to be completely free. Because Abraham's blessings are mine in Christ. Healing's part of the blessing. I'm under the blessing. Healing is mine. Healing belongs to me. It's my rightful possession. I have a right to be loosed. Satan, I demand my rights. Take your hands off my body. In Jesus' name. Oh, I like that. You're doing good. Luke 10, verse 19. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, Jesus said, and nothing shall by any means harm you or hurt you. And I want to remind you that Jesus said, whom Satan has bound for 18 years. Sickness is a power of the devil. But Jesus has given you authority over serpents, scorpions, over all the power of the devil. And again, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Why don't you repeat this confession with me? Sickness is a power of the devil. And Jesus gave me authority, gave me authority. To, trample on and to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the devil. I trample on disease. I stomp on disease. I tread every evil underfoot. Jesus Christ gave me authority over sickness. Sickness, I trample on you. I tread on you. I stomp on you. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out of my body. In Jesus' name. Sickness and disease, you are under my feet. 
Because I'm seated with Christ above all the power of the enemy. In Galatians 3, verse 13, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it's written, curses everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, Jesus became a curse for us, and he redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, the law said, the one who does these things shall live by them. In other words, to be righteous under the law, by the law, the only way you could be righteous was by obeying the law. But if you broke it, there was a curse. Now, that curse is found in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Right? Now, it's really pretty extensive, but let me just give you a few of the things that are mentioned in that curse. In the 20th verse, it mentions vexation, wrath, Caesars, confusion, panic, and dysentery. In the 21st verse, it mentions consumption, fever, and infections. Verse 27, boils, hemorrhoids, incurable diseases, incurable itches, senility, insanity, blindness, fear, panic, tumors, ulcers, unable to find your way. You'll not be a success in life. Verse 35 mentions boils from your head to your foot, malignant, incurable sores. 29th, excuse me, 59th verse mentions perpetual or generational plagues or sicknesses that come on you and your children. And in addition to all of that, it mentions every sickness and every disease that's written in the curse and every sickness and every disease that is not written in the curse. So if you have all sicknesses that are written in the curse and all sicknesses and diseases that are not written in the curse, I think you have them all. And it says, Jesus redeemed you from the curse. Every sickness that's written, every sickness, every disease that's not written, he redeems you. That's why he went to the cross. He redeemed us. And the only thing that's left is the blessing of Abraham. And as we just mentioned, part of that blessing is healing. Why don't you make this confession with me? Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law with his blood, that the blessings of Abraham might be mine in Christ. The curse includes all sickness. Christ bought me back, brought me back, and set me free from the curse of the law. All sickness and disease are part of that curse. Therefore, Christ has redeemed me from all sickness. I'm liberated. I'm ransomed. I'm free. I'm redeemed from every curse written in the book. And every curse not written in the book of the law. Now, I want you to put whatever you're, you're, you're believing that you're redeemed from. Write it in here. I am redeemed from, mention it. Christ redeemed me. He bought me back. He brought me back. He set me free 
from all sickness and all disease. That's good news. Yes, it is. One more confession here. My body belongs to Christ. Satan, you can't make Christ's body sick. How dare you trespass on God's property? Take your hands off God's property. In Jesus' name. My body is the temple of Jehovah Rapha. The Lord that healeth me. He's healing me now. I've been bought with a price. The blood of Jesus cleanses me. From all sin and defilement of the flesh. And by his stripes, my body's healed. I glorify God in my body. I refuse to allow sickness in my body. In Jesus' name, you foul disease, take your hands off my body. Yeah. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Uh, earlier this year, I read Rick Renner's Sparkling Gems, book number two. And on page 878, I believe it is, he talks about the word that Jesus, that's used here in Acts 10, 38, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. He said he was very surprised at the Greek word that was used there. He said that the word literally used throughout Greek history is used as treatment or cure or remedy. It depicts a sickness that has been progressively healed rather than an instantaneous healing. So here's what I want you to grab from this. Sometimes healing is instantaneous, but it's not always instantaneous. In fact, in Acts 10, 38, the word that's used there is a word for progressive healing, right? In fact, in, in uh, Mark 16, Jesus said, they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Again, denoting a process. And too often, when people don't see an immediate, total manifestation of something, they're just like, well, I just didn't get it, or I just got a little bit, right? But what you need to do, again, is keep the switch of faith turned on. Keep on believing. The same power that raised Christ from the dead, Romans says, it quickens, it makes alive your mortal body. And just keep confessing, God's power is working in me. God's power is working in me. It's bringing healing. It's driving out disease. It's restoring my body. Just keep on confessing. I mentioned this this morning, but I just want to mention it again before we we minister to people. As as we minister to people, there's kind of like three categories of of people who who, who come to to be prayed for. And, And some people are believing with you, right? They're, they're like, yeah, come on, come on, right? But other times, it's like people are in neutral, right? And it's kind of like you got to push for them, right? And there's other times where you come to pray for people, and it's like they got their brakes on, all right? 
I want you to put the switch of faith on today. Put the switch of faith on. Right? Keep on believing. Right? Jesus said they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. At some point, faith has to be released. When we say, God is going to heal me, that's hope. Hope always has to do with the future. Now, faith is. Faith always is. Faith is always now. I believe I receive now. At some point, you have to believe you receive. Now listen, faith is the evidence of things not seen. It's the evidence of things not seen. You see, you say, well, I, I don't see it yet. That's why you need faith. I don't feel it yet. That's why you need faith. You believe you receive. And Jesus said, you will have them. 